Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's time to give our predictions for AEW Wrestle Dream 2023. I am Luco in DAD, and I'm joined by Tempest. Tink, tink. And we're going to go through our predictions for Wrestle Dream this weekend. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. If you this is your first time here and you haven't done so already, please press the subscribe button. Give us a little thumbs up as well because it helps us in the old algorithm. And leave a comment down below with what you think is going to happen on Wrestle Dream this weekend. You and I were talking about the show on the way down. Excited for this show. I think Wrestle Dream is a very appropriate name for this show because, my God, this is somewhat of a dream card. Some really good stuff on here. Some matches we've seen before, some are we're seeing for the first time, some with a new stipulation added to them. But there, I'm looking up and down this card, and there are a lot of matches that I am all the way down for. Yeah, this feels like it's a bit of a banger after banger show. Like you may as well call this uh, show Walls because it's just lots of bangers packed into one. It's a British reference. That's why I didn't get it. <laughs> it's the walls, brother. There'll be, you know, there'll be seven people watching this video that'll appreciate my British humor there. Is Ash one of them? Ash Ash will be one of them as well. Also, should really give uh, credit to Gideon Gray. Yeah. Uh, he said that about Royal Quest. Uh, Royal Quest 3. And he's not wrong as well, because that's also got a stacked old lineup on it. Oh, it certainly does. <laughs> Getting to see Shingo versus Ishii live in person. I am wetting myself over that one. Also featuring some similar names as well, because Kingston's on that show, as is Zack Sabre Jr. and Osprey. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll talk about what's well, a New Japan show. So this is kind of a co-pro between AEW and New Japan. It's not quite forbidden door levels of... No co-pro we're both presenting this show but there are you know quite a few new japan names on this to honor the the legacy and life of antonio inoki it had it felt more like this is aew wrestle dream also presented by new japan like presented in cooperation with new japan as obviously antonio inoki the founder of new japan there's going to be some sort of cooperation there but no it's not the the dream AEW versus New Japan card that this Forbidden Door had been, but there's enough New Japan representation on this show to make it feel a little bit more special, especially with the main event. Yeah, and I think even FTR and Aussie Open. Yeah. Because that was a New Japan match last year, and and at Royal Quest, funnily enough, and here it is now on an AEW show. Yeah. 
We've gotten to the point where there are enough people who have left New Japan somewhat recently that you can have them on a show like this and it still feels like it's got a New Japan flavor to it. Kota Ibushi, I think, could probably say what, because I don't think he's actually all elite. I don't, I was thinking about this recently. Like, he certainly hasn't been used frequently enough to warrant being quote-unquote all elite, but this, this, he's this. here. Third match? I think so, yeah. yeah this blood and guts all in and now this one. Yeah. And he's never been on TV. No. <laughs> well, Blood and Guts was on TV. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Okay, he's never been on TV to build a match yeah. that he's part of. <laughs> but let's go through this. This is a 10-match card. Uh, we'll start with the match that was announced on last night. Um, shouldn't say that. This is airing on Friday. Uh, that was announced this week, which was Ricky Starks versus Wheelie Yuta. Uh, Sat Iniangi buried this match somewhat hard by saying this is like going from Owen Hart facing Shawn Michaels to Owen Hart facing Triple H for the European Championship. Sure. I mean, I understand what he's saying, but this is, to me, another what I like to call totem pole match, where it is to reset where people lie on the roster, where they fall on the totem pole, where very recently we have seen that, in fact, Ricky Starks falls below Brian Danielson understandably but now we need to some we need a match where he can get a win and reestablish himself as being above wheeler yuda so it's a good like way to figure out exactly where ricky starks is going to lie for the foreseeable future yeah i think this is a pretty foregone conclusion this is ricky starks picking up the win yeah this is a sensible match to put i maybe not on pay-per-view i would probably have thought this match would go on collision but it's just sure. to give ricky that win because when we did the collision review this last this past week and a lot of the comments left in that video was like it was a great match but ricky should have won because ricky just doesn't get wins and my argument was like yeah but he's not facing zach saber jr in yeah. the dream match uh, at the pay-per-view so danielson really should have won that match I can understand people being upset that Ricky Starks hasn't gotten wins as recently as we would like, but, I mean, he beat CM Punk this summer, you He's know? pinned Danielson. He pinned him in the tag match. He pinned Danielson in the tag. I don't think it's like... It's not a burial of Ricky Starks for him to lose to Brian Danielson one-on-one. -on -one. No. Especially not right now, where Danielson is kind of this world beater, beating Okada recently. He's going to face Zack Sabre Jr. He's on this, like... Not retirement tour, but like I'm winding things down tour. So I don't really care too much if Ricky Starks loses that match, but I think it is a foregone conclusion that he's going to win this match. Uh, up next, it is a four-way tag team match. The winners will get a shot at the World Tag Team Championships. It's the Young Bucks versus the Guns versus the Lucha Bros versus Cassidy and Hook. I, I'll go first on this one. I feel that this is a Cassidy and Hook win. And TV would dictate that I am wrong on that one. But I feel that when I look at the other teams, we've just done the Young Bucks uh -huh. all in. Lucha Bros, I don't know, with Phoenix now in the international championship scene, it's like maybe it's not the right time to be doing an FTR and Lucha Bros thing. And we did the guns last year. Granted, the guns are in a much different place than where they were this time last year when they won the belts. Mm-hmm. But I think that we want to try and get something big for Cassidy mm -hmm. off the back of his losser all out. And this is a good way to kind of elevate Hook as well. So I'm, I think this is a, a Cassidy and Hook win. I think that there is somewhat sensible rationale for each 
team winning. Of course, you have the Young Bucks, which they had the tie-in at All Out this year, where it seemed like them and FTR were going to continue whatever they had going on, and that's sort of been dropped since. But it's a match that you could very easily go back to, and you'd be guaranteed like an amazing match. So there's always that possibility on the table. I think there is some sort of possibility that you could see the Lucha Brothers win this, go on, lose to FTR, but have like Dax pin Ray Phoenix, and then you set up an international title match between mm-hmm. those two for a TV. Yep. Possibly, like, I don't know when they want to do things. Maybe you do it at like the... Uh, I guess whatever title match it is would either be at Full Gear or like the anniversary Dynamite because mm-hmm. that's coming up now soon. It's but there's facts. yeah, there's a lot of big shows that they need to start booking matches around. So that could be one potentially. I totally agree with you on the possibility of Orange Cassidy giving being given something to do because what do you do after he has like I don't want to say a star making performance but like a really good week for Orange Cassidy leading into All Out he hasn't really done too much since then he had his promo at Grand Slam and stuff but that's about it and now or not Grand Slam week before Grand Slam now you can give him like a run as a tag team and give him a little bit more to do there but I think that it also unfortunately makes sense, given how much they're going with Bullet Club Gold, that you could just see the guns get a big win and go against FTR again, and they're going to be my prediction. Going with the guns? Going with the guns. Like, I've turned a corner on the ass, boys. Uh, maybe it's just the entrance. I think them being with Bullet Club Gold has done them wonders. Mm-hmm. Uh, their association with Juice and Jay has done them like apps. Like it's so much better with them than they were with the firm. Yeah. But I actually am like I'm quite on board with the guns now. I'm not as down on them as I once was. That is not to say that putting the titles on them last year was a good idea. No, because it wasn't. Well, again, see, this is still my problem with the guns in you know, the context of everything, where you look at this four-way, and if you're looking at just like, well, who do I want to see face FTR the most? They're probably fourth on this list from like a, you know, match perspective. Yeah. You know, I probably would rather see all of those other matches more, and that is where they suffer, in my opinion. Yeah. But I do agree that they're far beyond what they were a year ago and what they even were like six, nine months ago. I wouldn't be as disappointed in seeing it now as I would have been then, but I still think it's uh, not the most appealing option most of the time. Would the guns be a better match uh, against FTR than Hook and Cassidy? No. Would it be a better match than the Lucha Bros versus FTR? No. Would it be a better match than the Bucks versus the FTR? No. You're right to be like the fourth in terms of quality, but it wouldn't be a bad match. No. We've just, seen them wrestle earlier this year. And it's it just, good. it's just, it's not the match I'm most interested in. Exactly. Uh, up next for the TBS Championship, Chris Statlander is going up against the basically undefeated Julia Hart. Proven ratings draw, Julia Hart. Highest rated segment on Collision. She was the highest. They had an episode of Rampage that did like killer numbers a few weeks, like a a month or so ago, two months ago maybe. And she had high and above the highest rated segment there. For some reason, there are just some women in AEW that just 
just without being on TV or being featured, just draw massively. Remember that time the bunny outdrew Brock Lesnar? I do remember that. <laughs> and I remember when WWE had to bring that up in court. I had to admit it on the record in like court of law that the bunny outdrew Brock Lesnar on an episode of SmackDown in terms of demo ratings and stuff. But yeah, there's something about Julia Hart that really is appealing to an audience. And they're tuning in for the shows. Do I think she's going to win the TBS championship? No. I think this Statlander here is still the final boss for her, and I think this is Statlander gets the win here. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I think they've done a very good job with Julia Hart as of late. Yeah, I probably would have her like more prominently on TV than just beating the lower down members of the roster. But that being said, when I heard this match announced, I was like, okay, that's another easy win for Chris Statlander. Move her along. Eventually she'll face one of the really high up people in the division. But what they've done with Julia Hart the last week or two weeks or so, I think is pretty compelling. I like her being paired with Brody King as kind of like, you know, the heavy manager, bodyguard type guy, you know, in the House of Black and such. I think her music and her presentation is ace. It's some of my favorite in AEW right now. And she is getting much better. Very quickly. Only 21. She was someone who I saw a lot of people on Twitter like a year or two ago being like, why aren't we seeing her fall to the dark side and everything on TV? Why is it always on AEW Dark? And I saw a lot of people being like, it's because she's not ready. She needs reps. And that's why her matches are on AEW Dark. Now you're seeing her pull off one of the best moonsaults I've seen around on TV, and now you can put her on TV to play out her stories in a much more prominent fashion, and I think she's killing it. Yeah. I don't think she's going to win this match. I'm going with Chris Statlander, but I think it's become a much harder decision than it would have been like a month ago. I would agree with that. My only, I'm, I'm going to stick with Statlander, but I actually am quite, I would be easily swayed to pick Julia Hart in this. Like when we're doing Wrestle League predictions, I think I will be like my my mouse will be hovering over mm-hmm. the two to be like where do I where do I go with this? Because Tony, we I think we're we're pretty much all pegged on. He doesn't really have a whole deal of interest in the women's division in, in AEW, and I think he's probably prone to just making snap decisions and just be like, ah, just put the title on Soraya. Like, oh, she was really good on Good Morning Britain. Ah, we'll put the title on Soraya. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying like that's an an, an easy possibility of something that could have happened, but. That's what leads me to think, like, if she pops another rating on, like, Dynamite right? this week, like, if it turns out she's got the highest rated segment on Dynamite this week, I could easily see on Sunday afternoon, Tony's like, let's just put the belt on her. Yeah. Put the, let's put the belt on her and feature on TV more. I want to say more, you know, for the next two weeks, and then she's off TV again. Sure. This is a match that should be a hell of a lot of fun with prizes to be won because it's for the ROH Championship and the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship. It's Kingston versus Shibata. Hell yes. This just feels like, do you know what, Eddie? What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tony Khan just sat down with Eddie Kingston and you're like, you're signing a four-year extension with us. What match do you want at Wrestle Dream? What's your dream match? And he just instantly, without a hesitation, before he'd even finished the sentence, Shibata, yeah. It's like, all right, consider it done. Easy peasy. Under contract. Let's do it. I think this match is super exciting. <laughs> yeah. This tickles my fancy greatly. It's interesting because, yeah, they've got the titles on the line. ROH world title and open weight strong title. We know that 
Eddie is dealing with a bit of an injury. He's got like back problems and such. He's had to stop doing indie dates. And that is the only thing that would make me believe, oh, maybe this will be a short reign. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to go with with uh, with Eddie to retain, mm-hmm. of course. But I do think he's always kind of been that character that a short reign as top champion is not necessarily like a death sentence for his character. He can pull something great out of it. However, to then reverse on that opinion, I think the person that would need to beat him in that situation wouldn't be like another baby face, you know, who's very respected like a Shibata. It would yeah. have to be like the dirtiest, most dastardly person around who Shibata is not. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm going to go with Kingston on this one as well. Um, just got, I feel he's just won the titles. This this really is just like, this feels like a thank you to Eddie. Yeah. Kind of like how, you know, Natty had that match with Becky Lynch for the NXT Women's Championship. And that was because they were like, wait a Thanks, Natty, for filling in for Becky on the India tour. Yeah. So this is just thanks, Eddie, for re-signing. Have a you go out there and have a fun eight-minute match with Shibata, and you'll have the time of your life. Yeah. I can't wait. It's one of the matches I'm most looking forward to. And even I say that there are like five matches that are probably on equal or better footing than it. Well, we're about to get into like a real stretch of matches here because up next it's a two out of three falls match for the AEW TNT Championship. The forever champ, the man who's been champion this whole time, as we're all aware, Christian Cage, defends against Darby Allen in Darby's home field match of Seattle, Washington. This match. I saw this announced watching Collision this past week. I had a near orgasmic reaction (laughs) to hearing this. I love these two. These two are some of the best, smartest, most brilliant workers in the company. And having a mid-card title match between these two guys after the match they had on Collision like a month ago. Ooh, this is so, so exciting. And maybe we get to see the debut of somebody. Like we were talking about Grand Slam not being the right time because Christian wasn't in the, the prominent featured position on the Dynamite show. But this is a big singles match on a pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, Darby kind of alluded to on uh, on Dynamite this week, like, you know, don't have Luchasaurus at ringside. I won't have, like, Nick Wayne at ringside because you'll just see if you can do this on your own. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, like, well, maybe we'll talk about the whole, the, the new era of, of AEW uh, towards the end of this because that is what Tony has promised from this. And, you know, maybe this is going to feel like all out 2021 where it's just like, oh, this person, whoa, this person's it, man, this, you're doing this angle. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, man, holy smokes, they're coming out swinging for, from this pay-per-view. I don't know what it could be. Obviously, the debut of a new Adam has been the most popular theory around, but I don't know what else it could be in addition or, you know, otherwise. So... Maybe he's got something up his sleeve that we don't know about. Do you think Darby's winning? God, it's tough. Like, Christian just won this title, and I think you could just have him do a short reign, and, you know, it again, I don't think it hurts him to have had this little three, four-month run and then have a short reign and lose it to Darby Allen and Darby's home turf. Particularly because he didn't really win it either. Because you know, yeah. Luchasaurus was the champion, and he only won the belt on collision because of Darby's move. And then, like, you can make the argument, he never was... He was never the man for this belt. Yeah. I think it comes down to whether or not we think 
Edge shows up. Yeah. If Edge is debuting, I think Christian retains. If he's not, I think Darby wins the title and it gives them kind of like another. Well, I say that. I think Danielson's winning in the main event and Danielson's from Washington. So maybe you have that as the hometown pop and Darby can lose earlier in the show. Oh, I'm talking myself into it now. <laughs> I think my heart says Christian, my mind says Darby, but I'm going to go with Christian because I want to see it. I'm also looking at this as well because I'm looking at the other match that's got a Seattle native in this. And I'm like, do they give the Seattle win to that guy? Mm-hmm. I'm going with Allen. I'm going Darby wins here. Fun. And I don't think we're going to get the debut of Edge. But I'm going with a Derby win here. Yeah. Two out of three falls. I'm really excited for this. I, I just, think this is going to be awesome. This match is going to be awesome. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A six-man tag, a trio's match is up next, which I would argue would be better if it was just a tag, is Jericho and Omega and Ibushi taking on Konosuke Takeshita, Sammy Guevara, and Will Ospreay. I said this on last week's Dynamite. Crikey, this match. Oh, actually, I might have said this in collision. Oh, this would be so much better if this was just, you know, the Golden Elite versus Ospreay and Takeshita. It's 
but you know Jericho's got to be there, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I get me wrong, I love me some Chris Jericho, but I'm not into this storyline whatsoever. No, I'm not either. It's not doing it for me as much as I love Don. Like Don can do amazing work, but he cannot convince me on this one. I am actually going to go with the Don Callis family here and continue that storyline that Omega cannot get a win without Don Callis. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense. I think I can fantasy book and see the finish in my mind where Takeshita does something that really hinders Kota Ibushi and Omega is checking on him and he's, you know, holding his head and he's like, oh God, my golden lover, what's mm-hmm. ha- what have they done to you? And in the meanwhile, Jericho's fighting off, you know, the Don Cow's family, a no- two or three on one, and then Sammy Guevara pins Chris Jericho. Yeah. I think that is a very plausible finish for all of this. I will also be going with the Don Callis family. And I'm a little surprised. Well, maybe I shouldn't be because I think this match might be a little telling of the, the current physical status of one Kota Ibushi. But I was expecting like Takeshita versus Ibushi and then Jericho and Kenny against Osprey and Guevara, which I think might be more appealing than the trios match we're getting. But... Hey-ho, I think this is an easy way to not pin as many people and, you know, put the heat onto them in one match as opposed to two and save time, etc. I can see it going one of two ways. Either Takeshita, like, like, I think, yeah, you're right. Like, we're probably not getting the singles match because Ibushi's body can't handle the singles match unless you're doing it at full gear, Mm. for example. Um, but you could have Takeshita like really hurt Ibushi, and Takeshita gets the win, and then he's not, not only is he pinned Omega, tw- you know, twice in a week, he's also then pinned uh, Ibushi as well. Or you have Takeshita beat him up. Osprey gets the pin, and that's just another name that Osprey, like in one calendar year, beating Okada, beating Jericho, beating Omega, and beating Ibushi yeah. in like a six-month stretch. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of feathers to put in one's cap. Yeah, and I, th- I get the feeling that Tony Khan is making a big play for Will to come in when his contract is up next year, and kind of what better way to do that than just to give him everything <laughs> like yeah it's all the wins to simply play devil's advocate we got Russell kingdom coming up and not too uh not too long from now mm-hmm. and if you wanted to go the other way maybe kenny pins will here because i think they're doing the third match for the title at Russell kingdom yeah that's my only rationale behind the golden jets and golden lovers winning We'll see. Yeah, I I don't think... I don't think it works nearly as well from no. a storyline perspective, but if you're looking for some reason to pick them in Wrestle League, that would be my rationale. The only other one is, is Sammy Pins Jericho. Yeah. But I think that's because I'm the bit I'm least interested yeah. in. Uh, for the ROH Tag Team Championships, it is a two-on-one handicap match because of Adam Cole's quite bad injury it turns out he's been pulled from a date for deadlock pro in november Mm -hmm. so it is like the end of the year with probably the next time we'll see adam cole in the ring um it is the righteous of vincent and dutch taking on mjf you're not really into the righteous are you i'm not (laughs) i'll be honest i like their video promos they're having that that's cool Sure. I was watching Ring of Honor when the split from the kingdom happened and everything, and I've never really bought these guys personally. Like, they've got kind of an interesting presentation. They've got, like, kind of a 
you know, kind of cool, spooky, backwoods vibe to them. But then the bell rings, and I'm just like, yeah, just a couple guys, you know? I think it says a lot that Dutch uh, does not have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, right? I don't even know who this man is. I know who Vinnie Marsalia is. I don't know who Dutch is. And I know who people are in this business. So, I mean, it is what it is. I think this this tag match, I think it was a choice to put this on the show anyway, even with the healthy Adam Cole. I think it just would have been like, you know, MJF getting... You know, another win as these tag champs, and we continue on with our fun, happy-go-lucky, yeah. loving I feel like we partnership. Were, we were just sort of kicking the can down the road until we did better than you, Bebe versus the Kingdom, right? And I think, granted, there's no way of knowing that this was going to happen. I was shocked that the Kingdom wasn't just the team here. I yeah. get that maybe they wanted to do that for like final battle, or you know, like. I would assume Full Gear would be like MJF in the singles for the world title. Yeah, you're pretty right. That's not to say he couldn't work twice. He did in London. But I'm looking at the big shows for the rest of the year, and how are you going to put big pay-per-view buy numbers behind Final Battle? You put the AEW World Champion on the show. That probably helps. I imagine that's probably when they were saving that match for. Man, I don't know if we're going to get there this time. Do, do you know what That's I, a shame. Do you know what I wouldn't have done? If that was my plan, that I was going to be doing better than you, Bebe, versus the Kingdom at Final Battle, I don't think I would put the Kingdom in two opportunities to get title shots that no. they, bo- they lose both of. No, that, I that, would not. That is not what... Because like, they were in the Battle Royal, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, so the Kingdom get the win here. And there's the Dark Order when you're like... Huh. Uh, okay, fair enough. And then there was a fatal four when you're like, oh, okay, well, the kingdom get the win here. And then you do the match. Huh. Oh, the righteous one. Huh. All right. And so it's like, I said, why put the kingdom in those matches? I'm totally lost on this one. <laughs> I can't for the life of me imagine that the righteous are actually going to be the Ring of Honor tag champions. Just because, like, I can't picture it, you know? We've had some pretty top tag teams hold these titles this year. Don't get me wrong. Like, Lucha Brothers, Aussie Open, the Briscoes at the start of the year, R.I.P.J., and now Better Than You, Bebe. And you go from that into The Righteous, I think that's a big hit on Final Battle. I could see some world in which MJF wins this handicap match. I think it would be damning on the part of The Righteous, but I also don't care. I think a lot of this does depend on where it's placed on the card. Mm -hmm. If it's opening match and you want to do a big angle, there was a big tease on this episode of Dynamite of, you know, what that could be. Maybe you pull the trigger on that angle early doors. Or if it's towards the end of the card, you wait and you do that. Like, if it's just the middle of the card, then I'm probably like, oh, maybe MJF just, you know, he sneaks the win here. Mm Mm-hmm. But there is a world in which, because of the Cole injury, you just sort of like fast forward this a little bit. And yeah. it's like, well, let's just get the tag titles off of them and put it on the righteous. It's not the team we planned on on yeah. having the belts, but we'll pull the trigger on this angle instead and we'll get the belts on the righteous. Or you are going to just stick to your guns, Cole's back by December, and we'll do the match with the kingdom then and we'll just hold fire a little bit. I don't know is really where I'm sat on this one. And actually, it's down to that angle at the end uh, of Dynamite. So I'm actually going to go with The Righteous. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Vincent and Dutch. They've been giving them the hard push on TV. Like, they've had video packages on Collision and on Dynamite. Like, 
Then when they just showed up on collision, I was like, huh, well, you're putting the righteous up here, are you? I feel like Dutch, someone just said to him, was like, do you reckon you look a bit like uh, John Goodman in The Big Lebowski? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah. well, I'm basing my entire wrestling look around that then. Yeah. I think this is another one where I've got my mind saying The Righteous and my heart saying MJF. Damn it. I'm going for two for two with my heart. I'm going to say MJF retains in a two-on-one handicap match. Good idea. Uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, holy heckins am I excited for this match. It's FTR versus the worst haircuts in professional wrestling, Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. Although I, I sort of, there's a lot of mean things about Dunk Siller on the Collision podcast. Like I think he has the worst haircut in all of pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. He just looks like Mr. Burns has told him to shave those sideburns. <laughs> but he does have the sweetest mustache. I still like him better than Steinbrenner. <laughs> he has the world's sweetest mustache. I am so excited for this match. Their Royal Quest match last year is one of my... I'm gutted I was not there for it live because I just could not go to the show. And I kick myself a lot that I could not make my, make it to that show because holy... Everyone was just talking about how good that match was. And having watched it back, I'm like, oh, I see why. That match is a, a five-star bona fide classic because mm -hmm. Aussie Open are my guys. I think this match is going to massively over deliver on a lot of people's expectations because i don't know how many people realistically saw the royal quest match from last year yeah i think that's a very good point because i also was crushed that i did not get to see that match live because we we all bought tickets for royal quest night two <laughs> thinking that would be the big one and then this match was on night one yeah so Hey-ho, it happens. Yeah, it happens. But I watched it back. It was fantastic. One of the best matches of the year. One of FTR's best matches of the year. And they had plenty of them. And man, I have been waiting for them to do this match in AEW. I thought this was going to be the all-in match. I thought that, well, this was going to be the Forbidden Door match before Mark Davis got hurt. So now... They've clearly wanted this to be a big match for them for a while, and now we've got an arena to do it in. I think this is going to be match of the show. Yeah. I think this is going to be one of the best tag matches AEW's put on all year. I cannot wait for this. It's going to be so good. Uh, I'm going with FTR to retain the belts here, mm -hmm. and... There's every chance that Aussie, they can put the belts on Aussie Open. I don't think they will. I don't think they've done enough build for Aussie Open to, to win the tag belts. But this, the idea, I think, what well, the end of this is that they're going to show some level of respect. Like, FTR yeah. will want to shake the hands. And maybe you do an Aussie Open beatdown afterwards and build to another match at Full Gear or whatever. Or even, you know, as a, a Wrestle Kingdom thing. I don't know. Now, they are both AEW town now, I guess. But I'm going with FTR to retain. I think it's a good shout. This is one I I could see going either way. I do agree that if they were planning on putting the AEW World Tag Titles on Aussie Open, I don't think they would have lost to Jericho and Sammy Guevara, and I still don't know why they did that, <laughs> regardless of what they were doing. But I think they are trying to portray this as like a legendary tag rivalry in the making. This match is being billed as one year in the making and everything. And the best way for them to build to a third match, I think would probably be to have Aussie Open win this one, draw even with FTR, and then build to a rubber match. That being said, they could absolutely just do more of a, a hard heel turn at the end of it, like you'd said. 
but I don't know. I'm also going to go with FTR on this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if Aussie Open gets a, a big title win. I am really torn on our next match here, our penultimate match to discuss today. Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. The promo that Page did on Dynamite. Christmas Day, it was good. Holy heckins, it was really good in, in getting over this story. But Swerve has been on fire as of late. And I really feel like this is a company that is behind Swerve Strickland at the moment. It may just be because the Prince Nana thing is like massively gotten over as a meme. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... But I think Swerve on his own would have been getting this massive push that he's currently getting. When this happened on Dynamite, Page was out there doing his promo, and all of a sudden Swerve strictly came out. It was a proper like, oh, hello. Mm -hmm. I go, it really felt like we've taken this guy, we're moving him up a level yep. in Swerve Strickland. And what better way to capitalize on that than to give him a win over Page on pay-per-view? And Swerve hasn't had a lot of wins on pay-per-view this year. So... I'm going to Swerve Strickland at this one. I'm going as the, the Seattle boy gets another win. I'm going like, about, yeah, spoilers for the main event. I'm going all Washington boys for my picks. Give us your best Nana. I can't do the Prince Nana. Dude. Why not? It's the same thing as like, I was like, give me the best um, uh, 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 Daniel Garcia thing. And I can't do it. I can't. People saw my, like my Nikita Lions dance that I oh, did yeah? on the news the other day. See, it's good. You've got it good, man. You've got the moves. I love this, man. I love <laughs> Swerve. I have been one of the biggest supporters of Swerve Strickland for a very long time. Hit Row going back. I watched him in World Wrestling Network. The whole deal. Love this guy. Shout out to Killshot. This is a really hard one for me to predict. Yeah. Because I have said for a very long time that if I was starting a pro wrestling promotion, Swerve Strickland would be my world champion. I think he is the total package. I love him. I want to see him as the main event guy for the future of AEW. So with that being said, I think there is that world in which this is in Washington, gets a big win. Whose house? Oh, my God. Everyone's going to go nuts. He wins. However... I do think there is something to Hangman Page not having had a lot of shine put onto him in the last, you know, six months. Really since Revolution, I think, when he beat Moxley in the death match. I still see Hangman Page as the babyface of AEW. He is the hero. He's the top babyface, whether he's got a title or is the prominent featured performer or not. I think he's the focus, like the emotional through line of this company is what Hangman Page does. And I could see this being a way to kind of rejuvenate him, bring him back up to where he was before he lost the world title and everything. So it's really tough. This is the sort of match where it's like I totally understand why they don't book as many superstar versus superstar <laughs> matches because then you got to figure out who you're going to beat and it's actually really hard. But I love them and keep doing it. I think I'm going to go with Swerve on this one as well. Yeah, you got a chance here to go all the way with a guy. You can do that with Hangman Page a little bit later. This match will do more for Swerve than it will for Hangman, in my opinion, and it's in Swerve's home state. Also, love the idea. You give Swerve a win here. I don't think this is the full gear match, the world title match, because I think that will end up being uh, Jay White. Mm -hmm. But you could do Swerve and MJF at uh, Winter is Coming. Mm -hmm. If they do an Eliminator tournament for full gear like they have the last couple of years, I think there's a good chance that Swerve Strickland's your guy. 
Yeah. And so you give him the win now to kind of start that momentum, that ball rolling. Plus, you can go down the storyline because Paige in that promo was talking about this dark cloud that has been following him around the past 18 months. And they have been showing him drinking again since he's gone back to the elite. Mm -hmm. Maybe him reuniting with his friends wasn't the best thing for him. The anxieties. I, I think there's an interesting story to tell with Paige not getting the win here, mm-hmm. particularly after deciding that he needs to be Hangman Page again and give the fans what they deserve. And that's still not enough to beat Swerve Strickland. I think there's more mileage in Swerve winning this than there is Paige. But that's not to say that Paige gets nothing out of beating Swerve. Yeah. 100%. Can't I can't wait. This. I think that match is going uh, to... To quote Sean Ross Sapp, I think that match is going to hump. So that brings us to our main event. So the dream match that we were supposed to get at Forbidden Tour last year, and we've waited a good 18 months to get there. It's Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. Match we probably never thought we were going to get to see, at least at one point for sure. Hot diggity dog. Hot dog, man. This match. I don't know... I don't know how what percentage of the wrestling population will like truly appreciate the technical <laughs> wizardry that goes oh, on. I in hadn't this. even considered everyone telling me this is a boring match. You know, I had not considered that's going to happen. Listen, there are people out there with opinions, and everyone's entitled to them. But I can't wait for this. Yeah, I can't wait for this. I know a lot of people. I think you may have even said that like that's not a match for Wembley because like what are you going to see if you're all the way back there? They're just yeah. going to be rolling around and grappling and stuff. And that's totally fair, and I would probably agree. But you look at this match, and there are a number of dream matches left for Brian Danielson to do before he walks away, at least full time, and this is absolutely one of them. He getting to wrestle Okada and then Zack Sabre Jr. just a few months apart is so delicious for me. This is the sort of thing that I was really hoping for when Brian Danielson left WWE in the first place, that he could just wrestle all the people that had come into their own during the decade that Brian was in WWE. And now we're getting a chance to see it. This match is so exciting for the people that love that style of wrestling. These are by far the two best to do this style of wrestling this century. Zach, I can't even count the amount of times that Zach has won the Brian Danielson Award in the Wrestling Observer, uh, wrestling Observer Newsletter for Best Technical Wrestler. Mm-hmm. So you've got the guy who's won it loads versus the guy the award is named after. Yep. <laughs> like That to me is like, that's a spicy old meatball that I want to dive into. And I'm a vegetarian. Oh, so. that's okay. So are they. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, vegan power. <laughs> I cannot wait for the techers on display. This is going to be delightful. Uh, Zach is doing commentary on Collision yeah. this Saturday. It's going to be Zach and Nigel doing commentary. I'm I'm excited for that. That's one of the reasons I'm really excited to watch, tune into Collision this week. I cannot wait for this match. Zach's one of my boys. I've seen Zach wrestle for years and years and years. I've seen him wrestle in front of big crowds. I've seen him wrestle in front of tiny crowds. I've seen him wrestle guys I would consider some of the best on the planet. But I've never seen him wrestle Brian Danielson. And I... 
never been so excited for a Zack match. And he's facing Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, do you know what? That is a match I've probably seen 50,000 times. But every time it happens, I'm like, ooh, can't wait for that one. Because yep. he's doing that's in October. But I've never seen him face Brian Danielson. And I cannot wait to see him face Brian Danielson. I think Danielson's winning. Yeah, I think Danielson gets the win here. But man, am I excited for this match. This is this is Wrestle Dream yes. right here. I think without this match, Wrestle Dream, it still would be a dream card in a lot of ways, but this is the dream match of Wrestle Dream. I can't wait. I think Danielson's winning, but it is going to be such a delight to watch. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think of this match. Let us know what you think of these cards. What are your predictions? Let us know in the comments down below. Uh, we won't be doing live reactions for WrestleDream, I'm afraid, but we will be doing a full review of it on Monday, so there will be no collision review next week because we'll be reviewing WrestleDream instead. Myself and Chopper P. Quinnell will be doing that. Uh, so until then, make sure you have subscribed to this channel and enable notifications to always on so you know when those videos go live. Leave a comment down below. Give us a thumbs up and all that. I've been Luco in D. A-D. That has been Tempest. Tink, tink. And that was wrestling. Jam that jam. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.